You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. The show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. If I sound tired, it's because I spent all weekend at a supernatural convention. I'm mm-hmm. talking about supernatural shit. And when I say supernatural convention, I don't mean like a convention about UFOs. Yeah. Like uh, the TV show Supernatural. Uh, it was interesting. Is it a traveling convention or does it just happen in Toronto? No, it's a traveling convention put on by a company who does conventions specific for like they do Star Trek conventions and interesting. Yeah, you know, Star Wars conventions, that type of stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, my name is Koji. I am a part time conventioneer and full time, uh, I don't know, demon hunter. And full-time demon hunter oh is that from supernatural i don't watch it so i don't okay go on and with me as always um is my good friend and uh i don't know i don't know what to call you this week lactose intolerant andrew patterson nailed it couldn't enjoy that ice cream this is our special thanksgiving episode you're also fermented berry intolerant yeah. Well, I haven't really tested that one recently, so I don't know if that's still... It could have been all in my head. It could have been all been coincidence. Yeah, this but is... There's, there's nothing really Thanksgiving about this episode in the content other than the fact that it's Thanksgiving weekend right now. Can we tie it into Thanksgiving Canada. somehow? Sure. Let's figure it out after we talk about... I'm thankful that I don't need to read <laughs> or you gotta love it anymore. Right. Oh, no, it's impossible. It's impossible to tie this into anything because it's so incoherent that... Yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad. So we the two things that we did for this week are uh, both comics. It's a comic episode. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we did that. The hidden well, gem. Technically, one's a manga. Okay. Anyway. Fucking split. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just I'm just had to get in there. Okay, whatever. They're I gotta both... be that guy, that nerd guy, who pushes up his glasses and says, "Well, you know." Anyway. Whatever. They're both fucking sequential story stories told through sequentially ordered panels hand drawn and inked but one's backwards right compared to the other and is also much better than the other one so the hidden gem was pluto by osama tezuka and uh osamu tezuka and what and um i don't know i fucking can't remember the name of the co whatever the point is we'll look that up uh it's really good i really enjoyed it we start with the gems, right? So we're, you want to just go right into this, and then we'll come back to the you gotta love it. Yeah, why don't you explain the like loose storyline? Uh, it follows so uh, a beloved. It takes place in the future where robots have become sentient. Yeah, artificial intelligence has like surpassed the. They're like self-aware. They're right. self-aware, and they're like ubiquitous. It's, it's yeah. It's like not a special thing for there to be AI or yeah. Robots um, working alongside humans. Exactly. And they, but there's like all kinds of models of them too. Like there are ones that very much look like robots and then there are ones that just look like humans. Um, and they like get married and stuff. Like they do very human things uh, often. Right. They have relationships. They yeah. have relationships. And the, the 
open the story opens with the uh, murder of a very a universally loved robot mm-hmm. is killed brutally and uh He's like he's like the future Smokey the Bandit or something. Smokey but, the Bear, yeah, yeah, that's exactly oh the bear, yeah, Smokey the Bear. But also like, um, actually like a living person that helped with real relief, yeah, efforts and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, and then they bring in a detective to solve the murder, who we come to discover is also a robot, a German, a German detective. Now I don't know how far you got with this. Okay, I should also say that it's a before we I go into the details. It's it's also essentially like it's a murder mystery with a detective robot, but it's also Astro Boy meets like a film noir kind of thing. Tezuka did Astro Boy, right? Also, yeah, it's in the same universe, featuring a character that was a minor character in Astro Boy, apparently. Who's that? Uh, Gesicht, whatever the, the. Well, it also features Astro Boy though. Yeah, but I mean, like that followed, like the uh, there was like in that pr- the epilogue of the first volume. There was yeah. that blurb where it was talking about how the comic came together, um, and it's anyway, it's yeah, it's dope. Yeah, I really liked it. It's um, I'll say this a lot. It's basically the polar opposite of the other book that we're going to talk about today. But it's like b- it's beautifully drawn. I don't know how far you got in it, but it also has like a really interesting message because. They talk about these so certain of these robots, like uh, Adam or Astro, being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that worker robot, mm-hmm. uh, the detective. The yeah, they, they and like how to maintain order, who has control of them, even though they're like autonomous beings who mm-hmm. make their own decisions. They're like, okay, well, which countries have, you know, these uh, WMD robots mm-hmm. and. They're getting assassinated, and at one point, it's almost insinuated that because um, Europe or North America or whatever had like four of them, and Japan had two. After two of them were killed, the killing was going to stop, mm-hmm. just to like even things out. Even things out. Yeah. But then you you find out it's a bit more nefarious. But there's a lot of political undertones about like who should have control of what, and yeah, you know, it was good. I think. It was also like because it included Astro Boy. Yeah. It was al- it was almost like the good version of a gritty reboot movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It very it f- it was uh ev- I found that every chapter had a very interesting there's like an overarching story that I really enjoyed, but mm-hmm. it also every chapter had a very interesting thrust to it, very interesting point. Yep. Um like any good so like long form story, like I feel like it basically there was like the whole part with North yeah. where there's like a couple of chapters of the book where you follow this robot who has killed like tens of thousands of robots in like a previous war. That's basically one of the weapons of mass destruction. Um, but has since basically been decommissioned as like a military robot and is serving as the butler to this blind, uh, blind, blind musician. Yeah. yeah. Who's like living in a castle in Scotland. And this robot is trying to, basically express himself musically and the guy is very old-fashioned is like machines can't make music like you are just basically you can you could perfectly play something and it's not music it's like not the same as like humans expressing themselves right and it's like a two or three 
issue arc, I guess, or like chapter arc right. that exists on its own as like an interesting kind of side story, but it still fits into the overall. Cause he's one of the, he's one of the, yeah, he's one of the machines. And like, you don't, you don't even see the other characters for that entire duration of that. Right. You're just like, Oh shit, what's going on over here? And then it's a lot, it's a lot like that. It's almost a uh, part of it is almost like lost or something, you mm-hmm. know, the TV show lost where it, like it'll show you something about the character in the present, but then, you know, c- spend a couple issues to delve into their backstory mm-hmm. and then pop back in. So you kind of, as the the main story is playing out, you get a sense of all the other characters, the players in the... Yeah, yeah it was a really effective way of fleshing everything out. It's like a mo- well, not, I mean, it would be a good TV show. It's like something. a TV show, yeah, yeah. I was going to say like a good TV show for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like almost every manga that I've read, mm-hmm. their handle on just visual storytelling in sequential format and just like the art like is gorgeous you know like yeah. it, it it some the of the color panels i re- like i really liked yeah but it's crazy because like they um i think juxtaposed with the other book we read because i read them kind of at the same time like i would take breaks but i would like oh read God. that sounds awful no no i just mean like i would be i kind of do the same thing at home like i if i buy a bunch of new graphic novels for mm-hmm. example i might read like two or three issues of like the new black science trade actually black science i usually just read the whole thing in one sitting but but basically you know what i mean like i'll read like a couple and then i'll like be like okay i'm done with this one for now i'll pick it up tomorrow and then i might read like a chapter of like another one i got so right. i kind of was doing treating it th- that way and they could not be like many other things that we've kind of discovered through this podcast where we watch something that's like not good and we watch something that's good yeah. even if we don't watch them back to back it like almost helps you the repeated exposure to both things helps you distill why you, why good things are good or what or what you like about them and it was the same with this and i realized this is really this is going to seem really obvious but spacing yeah like the same way that pacing in films although this comic the story is paced like perfectly i thought i was so engaged yeah yeah but visually reading this is like incredible like it would be like okay it just like it was so easy to break apart down to their basic elements like the how it's drawn right two characters having a a conversation you know characters are in a space the space is established like immediately you know where they are you know what's going on they Mm -hmm. don't need like a bunch of fucking page you know like it's it's very clear and it's not like it's like hyper detailed backgrounds yeah although sometimes there would be these amazing spreads but yeah generally yeah so they set they set the tone for like the next couple pages and then the way the conversations are done there's never any confusion and we're talking like this is like og manga like we're reading it backwards right you know it's like the pages you're not used to it but everything just flows perfectly um it wasn't like overwhelming in terms of the amount of dialogue and i think the other thing that the advantage that manga has is that american comics the format is like larger and like narrower there's like fewer pages generally right so they cram a lot into those panels there's like a lot more lettering whereas like a manga a single conversation might be like eight to ten pages well what's crazy is there are i, th- I believe eight volumes mm-hmm. and each volume is on is almost 200 pages long yeah the first one yeah the first one is like 212 pages because I, I remember a conversation we had initially you're like oh i'm almost done and i'm like whoa that was really Ow. fast <laughs> you're like yeah I'm at, I'm at like page 160 <laughs> of 200 or something and i'm like 
Of which uh, volume, though? And you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. There's more. I'm, yeah, I'm basically, I'm uh, like halfway through the second volume, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, there, I'm. It deals with a lot of issues. It's, uh, yeah. Like race and it's like, great, uh, it's really well politics. done. Politics. Mm hmm. Not that those two aren't connected, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And prejudice. Like, yeah. Uh, identity. And then like like any good sci-fi, like any sci-fi worth its salt, it has a science fiction core mm-hmm. wrapped in like human relatable issues. So like at the core, there's sort of like also that do androids dream of electric sheep thing going on, right? Right. Where humans are like robots are not organisms. They do not have souls. Yeah. But as you follow the robots, it's very clear, like, oh, like some shit is going on here. Right. And, you know, I don't think anybody's really defin- Some people have taken cracks at it. Obviously, until it happens in real life, there's no like definitive answer. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the science fiction element of it. But it's all wrapped in stuff where you're just like, oh, yeah, these are like issues that every every person could face, even though the what's happening in the story is completely nobody would be in that position. Or at least very few people would be like world famous detectives traveling the globe trying to solve right. a murder case for on like that in, scale interpol you know? or something yeah like europol europol this, yeah but right. it's anyway it's just it's great i definitely would recommend it it's a great hidden gem yeah and so both of these came from uh, one of the owners of uh silver snail great whose name escapes me right now great recos but because the hidden gem could not have been more of a hidden gem for me yeah even though i guess the author is pretty the author creators of this are pretty well known right but it's not something that you it's would not come something across. I would pick up uh it'd be hard to find i think you'd be hard pressed to find it unless you went somewhere specialized for something like that another thing that's interesting i think uh that i was thinking about while i was reading this is when i was in japan earlier this year obviously you were just in japan a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago uh when i was in kyoto i went to the the manga museum yeah how was that unreal was it? We we skipped over it. When we were it's there. unreal because, so like many things, I feel in Japan, mm-hmm. like when you look at how they handle animation, it's more than just cartoons generally, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same with like comics, which I think mo- most people, somewhat in the know, understand that now. Like maybe fifteen, twenty years ago, it was still kind of a foreign concept when as anime was breaking into like Western markets, like right. people didn't realize how big of a deal these things were in in japan but i still think that even today with the success of superhero movies comics are still considered widely considered to be sort of a juvenile thing right with western crowds and like there is it might be cool here and there to be like oh like you know there's this one graphic novel or like that you know you can appreciate the art maybe sometimes but like looking at how beautifully put together, like how how painstakingly, it's just like a beautiful piece of work, right? This comic. Right. It reminded me, because when I went there, this museum is not like a, I mean, it didn't feel like a gimmicky, you don't go in, it's like a library basically. Right. And they, right. Have, they have comics there from all over the world. It's not just manga, but primarily manga. And the manga spans decades. And they even have manga that has like propaganda, like it's like, a legit museum, but that's also a reading library. So when you pay for your ticket, you can go in there and spend the whole day there. And there's just people all over. It's in an old school. 
Like the actual really? building is an old school and there's like a yard and, and there's just hundreds of people when I was there and everybody's just reading. Everybody's sitting around reading comics and you can just like, there's like ladders. Like you go up and you're like, I feel like reading an like a manga from like 1952. That's amazing. I'm, I'm picturing Game of Thrones right now. Yeah. Like Tully in the fucking... Yeah, in the, in Old Town. When yeah. It's in the, yeah. It's, I mean... It, and Did I think I, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I, fl- I just flipped through. I didn't really have a lot of time there, mm-hmm. but um, like I bought a ticket. I was there solo. I had lunch there in the cafe, which has the walls are drawn on by like famous comic artists from the world over. Right. Which is incredible. But, um, well, I think we were in the cafe. Actually. I was just like looking around and it's just like they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like reverence, like right. their appreciation and like the respect for like, anyway, all that is to say that it really shows to me in a comic like this. You well, know? but here's the problem, mm-hmm. right? And th- the reason why things here aren't like things there, because mm-hmm. you also have a well-respected um, sort of um, set of characters, let's say like the X-Men, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a bunch of, you can point to a bunch of like X-Men, ex- uh, Spider-Man, um, house of M, um, mm-hmm the whatever you can point to a bunch of story arcs that are x-men related that you're like these are good but Mm -hmm. then there's also stories like extinction agenda Mm -hmm. right and and i think you you give that to one person they're probably never going to read an x-men comic again yeah and i i'm sure there is bad manga i just haven't read it and even the ones that are bad are uninteresting to me Mm -hmm. the like the the care that goes into making them seems insane i feel like that started happening um a lot quicker, right? Because yeah. I- in the inception of comic books here in North America, mm-hmm. it was initially set out like, this is for telling jokes and for children. Mm-hmm. That's what comics were for. Sure. Right? Whereas there, because I, I think they, they obviously adopted a lot of this stuff after the war, mm-hmm. right? Immediately, um, and at that point, US culture was like, uh, not that they didn't have animation before, but it really like, like kind of got stepped up mm-hmm. at about that Everybody point. Everybody gets stepped up. Yeah. yeah. And U.S. culture is like re- was really important there after the war. Like, yeah. That's why they're obsessed with rockabilly stuff and greasers and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think that immediately when they started um, focusing on, on becoming you know, great manga artists or uh, animators and stuff, like it wasn't just kids who caught on. It was everybody. Like, yeah. The way the society was set up. It, yeah. You know. As they do. They took something that was kind of cool from somewhere else and just made it amazing. Yeah, but it wasn't from the for children from the outset, and I think that's yeah part that's of the good. Help. But that's also, by the way, are you gotta love it for the week is X Men Extinction Agenda, <laughs> which I brought up earlier because it is an X stinker. Good, that's good. <laughs> I uh, I'm a I have always been a massive X Men fan. How did you feel about this then? Didn't like it. You go. <laughs> You know what? I'm like, didn't love it. I certainly didn't love it. I'll also let you synopsize this because I can't. And it's not because I didn't read it. I just haven't. I I read it and I still have no idea what the fuck is going on. The interesting thing about this to me as somebody who like the first I first got like the first comic that um, my dad got for me Mm -hmm. was a Wolverine comic. And like the second comic that my dad got for me was like an uncanny X-Men. I don't even know what issue, but it had Bishop on the cover. Uh, and I was in, like, I was just hooked. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that obviously people that read a lot of comics will know this. If you don't read a lot of comics, you may not know this, but 
like TV shows, like X-Men, gen- as a generalization, is like a c- single continuous story. Like the events that have happened over the decades in the comics is like sure. the history of the, you know, they do reboots every once in a while, but overall it's like like the ones you mentioned, like House of M, yeah. so on and so forth. Like there are these arcs that happen. Quote, unquote, uh, canon or whatever. Yeah, guess, and they and they they last outside of just the... It's not like a stand... It'll be a standalone story, but like it affects all of those characters. And later on, in, in like way, issues years later, they yeah. still acknowledge that th- these, these events happen. happen. Exactly. So the interesting thing about Extinction Agenda is I somehow managed to avoid this entire arc. Yeah. Probably, it was probably before my time. Like it would have been before I was... I was into X-Men comics, but also even like when I was reading stuff that happened before when I got on board, Mm -hmm. I didn't read it. I probably understand it better through the lens of those callbacks, you know, where they're just like, oh, like back when this happened, you know? Right. Because I also don't really know it. Basically, it's like Genosha. It's about Genosha, which is so many things have happened there. It was like a place for I... D- the book, the arcs that I've read, yeah. I know Genosha as a place where mutants lived, like Magneto, basically, who was once a villain, off and on a villain, yeah, basically took it for mutant kind to live on as like their own country. Right. So I, I, I thought it was, it was almost like a, this is like before that, right? Like, like an Australia or something, not, yeah. not a prison island, but like it yeah. was for them to like all go there and escape humankind, like exactly disregard humankind entirely. And this story, I think, is. I don't even know. I didn't do the research. I don't know where it is in the timeline, but I believe it's before that. Mm-hmm. And it's where people think that mutants are living there maybe peacefully, but it actually turns out that it's like a weird, they're being used for like slave labor. They're like these magistrates. It's basically like a society. It's like a society separate from the rest of the world, which has its problems with mutants. But it's basically like, if the world was like slavery is bad, it's like one country that's like, all right, well, we're going to like go do our own thing and just have slaves because fuck you guys. Right. But instead of it being, sl- I mean, they are slaves, it's mutants. And the X-Men, due to events prior to this story arc, are their base of operations is in Australia, which is close to where Genosha is. Mm-hmm. And they kind of stumble upon this and several of the X-Men actually get teleported there. Um. Yeah, and it's basically about them trying to free the mutant slaves and fight against the Genosian magistrates. But it, it, like, even that, it gives it more credit than I think. Like, it's, it's very confusing. It's not obvious, you know. And I, one of the things that uh, I think to get out of the way first about what makes it so hard to follow. It was 1990, by the way. 1990, yeah. So that would have been a little bit before mm-hmm. I was I was onboarded. The visually it is the most hectic comic yeah i have read in a long time like and you can't even some might be like okay well but like think of when it came out like no there are comics that came out like decades before this yeah that are like it also reads like a radio play so at one point you'll see like say cyclops this is just an example it wasn't cyclops but you'll see cyclops and they'll be like Look over there, something is flying. I think it might be another mutant. And then, like, yeah. the next panel is just like you can see a mutant flying in the distance, <laughs> and you're just like, okay. Yeah. There is like maximum, the exposition dial was turned up to 11. But in all, every, like, in all fairness, it is called Extinction Agenda, but it's X Tinction. 
Yeah, agenda. but that's every X Men does that for everything, though. Well, I mean, but that just gives you an example of, of like that. That pun is the level of writing that you can expect for the rest of the comic. Yeah, but it, did kay. you love anything about it though? Uh, what I did love about it, yes, I did love something about it. Mm-hmm. This is gonna feel like a quite a reach, but there was a feeling of nostalgia associated with like '90s X Men, which obviously Marvel understands because they recently came out with a comic called X Men. Like it's called like 1990s X Men or 90s X Men or X Men 90s or something, and mm-hmm. it's basically um, a, like a parallel, one of the parallel universes that Marvel can tap into whenever they want to to tell a story that's kind of separate or parallel to the stories that are happening in the main universe. Yeah, where it's basically like the 90s TV show, which people love. I don't know if people love the comic, but people love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I grew up. That's like what I grew up on, right? I grew up on the cartoon. I grew up on. 90s era x-men 90s era wolverine that's what got me so into comics in the first place so it was kind of like even through the terrible writing and the like gnarly so like visually exhausting pages yeah like each page i turn i just wanted a break i was like just give me a two-page spread with like one sound effect where they're like jumping through a wall and you didn't get that you just would turn the page and it would be like the most densely copy covered hectic every panel there's like eight characters in it it's like super hectic right and there's there's like a speech bubble and then also like a little the like little yellow box on the top yeah that, and like, then sometimes there's also shit. the like poofy um, what somebody's thinking, <laughs> thinking bubble yeah. like all it's just so so overwhelming even through all of that i loved seeing just 90s x-men like I didn't like what they were doing, but I was like, oh, this is dope. You got like fucking Psylocke, Havoc, fucking Wolverine, Rogue, like unfucked up Rogue. Like mm-hmm. not, like Rogue is an interesting character that they've done a lot of interesting things with, but there was this like... This was kind of before they gave these characters so much texture. Yeah, totally. There's not a lot of like darkness no. in this, uh, which I think is fine yeah like i i la- that's one of the things that i that kind of i gravitated towards in the comics was that it wasn't like all goofiness right this feels to me like what i frequently when my friends like and there's going to be a lot of people that take issue with this i imagine but i've never really been able to get into most dc comics mm-hmm. there's some brilliant batman stories and a cut co- like all-star superman is sick but like apparently there's an all-star batman now I there read. is an all-star batman I haven't read it yet though um but like generally i find that they're uh, their regular ongoing comics. Mm-hmm. When I compare them to Marvel, some regular ongoing comics, yeah. there's like more of that. What you're talking about, that sort of just like, like Batman in a Batman comic, a typical Batman comic. It's like he, no matter who's writing it, he's kind of narrating. He needs to explain everything that's happening, even though you're reading it and watching it happen. You know, where he's like, he's like, oh, I punched that guy. It felt hard. Must be wearing some sort of body armor. You know, like right. even though they could just illustrate the same thing by him, like punching and like being like, ah, you know, just like his hand. Right. Um, I kind of forget where I was going with that. But basically, I think that this had way too much of that. And it was like, I don't know. It's weird. I think like I, something can be lighthearted and fun without being. One of the things that I liked about it was this is going to be weird because it's also a stretch. But like it made me feel really nostalgic while I was reading. That's it. what. I, yeah, that's. Like, it's, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It is probably one of the worst comics I've read in the last, like, 20 years. You know what I mean? Because it harkens back to a time when comics were just 
Nobody's poorly written, it. essentially. Mm. But it reminded me of when I was a kid and I would, I was in love with comics before I could read. So I would just flip through pages of comic books and be like, I like, couldn't, even follow, couldn't even follow the story. Yeah, right? You were like, just like, this is what's going on. You just made it up probably. Yeah. And it's just like, because it would be, you know, you'd see like, let's just say the X-Men like in a jungle and then the next panel would just be them yelling at somebody, but the background would just be green. It wasn't yeah. even like <laughs> shapes. It was just green, you know? Yeah. But like, and you kind of like were like, oh, okay, that's probably just like the leaves of the jungle or whatever it was. But, mm. and this is this is kind of like that. But it just remind it reminded me of being in love with comics even before I could understand what was going on, which is probably for the best because I couldn't, couldn't understand, understand what's going, what was going on. on. Yeah, but no, still, I mean, yeah, it's funny because like so, in that same era, like I remember when I was super getting into X Men, one of the villains was Sauron. Oh, the the like green Ter- the pterodactyl. He's like guy? a pterodactyl man. Yeah, Sauron. Pretty sure that's his name. Something I like might that. be getting it wrong. Sauron is in also Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right. Fuck. Maybe whatever. Anyway. No, but I think you're right. And that is ridiculous. You know what I mean? There was a lot of them going to the Savage Land, which was like a a, an, a land where dinosaurs still existed. I really got into uh, like Kazar. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Shana or Shanna or whatever her name was like he was basically just like it was like caveman comics where it was, was Sauron by the way he lived in like the Savage Land and like fought dinosaurs right and he kind of looked like, like Tarzan a, or like yeah I was I was gonna say He Man but He Man yeah and they like rebooted that and I was super into it because I just love dinosaurs even though none of that shit made sense and this kind of like harkened back to those days because there was like like an, another example is they just do whatever the fuck they want in this comic. Like it doesn't even make the technology that they use. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm sending you through an email to Genosha or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, what are you, what? That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. I think you'd have more trouble doing that nowadays Mm -hmm. in comics, even in American comics, even though people don't take it super, you know what I mean? Like if I was reading, the expectation is for more quality nowadays. If I was reading like a new X-Men arc by Brian Michael Bendis and yeah. then, like a bad guy just like kidnapped somebody and then they just like zapped and he's like, okay, I just teleported you like via, <laughs> yeah. just explain it away with words that don't make sense. Like you can't really do that shit anymore. So no. it does kind of make you like, you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. You it's know? But you know, it's kind of like uh, Chuck E. Cheese. You know? <laughs> okay. Explain. When you look back <laughs> on it, like as an adult, you look back at going to Chuck E. Cheese and you're like, that place was the fucking best. I just remember running around. There's like a giant mouse singing songs, playing video games the entire time, eating pizza and hot dogs and whatever. Yeah. And then you go back as an adult and you're like, this is hell. This is a sad, weird place. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's that's kind of what this was. So you just kind yeah. of have to focus on your memories of it being yeah. Chuck E. Cheese as a child. It gave, as me, it gave me more of an, an appreciation adult. for comics that came out around the same time that were good, though, where I'm just like, oh, these guys were fucking ahead of their time, man. Yeah. You know? But I, I'm curious as to if you went back and read some of those ones that were good, quote unquote, how many of them would actually still stand up from from that era? Yeah, I don't know. There's a guy uh, that that uh, one of the, the guys that works at the cafe uh below our studio yeah who has just been on a binge apparently collecting uh silver age i guess silver age comics because they're like really affordable right now like Mm -hmm. they're nobody like really values them so he's just like buying them up like in droves makes sense and uh yeah and and he's just talking about basically exactly this he's like it's they're the fucking best man like they're all just like so the shit is so crazy yeah and like 
he's you know he seems like pretty well read i don't think he dislikes the more serious hero books that are out now but he's mm-hmm. like this is fucking great you know like consider when the x-men came out it was like beast and marvel girl and cyclops and Iceman. um and like that original team but then how crazy that shit got in like the 80s and 90s it got so crazy like right. Sauron is one example, but like the villains and like some of the pa- the p- characters that came out of there, like and, the, shit was and their nuts. plots to like, oh yeah, who knows what, like drive the moon into the earth, but that's not even that crazy by yeah. comparison. Like, <laughs> no, it's nuts. Time travel sentinels that were like human sized and like the, yeah, I don't know. I haven't read. I do go back and read comics, but I I read uh, really just like trades now. Like I've read Civil War, like the first Civil War, so many times. That's like one of my favorite here. It's so so good that i it's one of those things like i feel this way about obviously a lot of movies and music and stuff but i'm mm-hmm. just like i wish i know comics are not for everybody but like i want people to like appreciate this the same you know what i mean Civil like War's it's just great, like yeah. so fucking good and it's like but i think you also need a bit of an understanding on the characters sure themselves. for sure yeah but i it was just such a like timely feeling book and it kind of still stands up because you know, it's about some in in a in a world that's so consistently black and white, or has been for so long, like comic books. You right. know, like good guys and bad guys. And then you saw like with characters like Spawn or like Wolverine or the Punisher, they started inter- introducing characters that kind of blurred those lines a little bit. Antiheroes, antiheroes, vigilantes. I guess Batman is probably the best example who's been around the longest, mm-hmm. but. Uh, people were getting more and more interested in that because it's a more interesting story. You know, they're not just like boy scouts and girl, girl scouts, girl guides. What's the equivalent? I don't know. Whatever that, you know, they're actually like they're they have some depth Yeah. and that shit gets really crazy in a thing like civil war. It's insane because it's like a bunch of good guys and then, you know, but they both have values. valid points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Um, anyway, so I, I don't know. I haven't really read, when did Batman Year One or Year One come out? Do you know? No, I'm not. I'm gonna look that up because I I've re I've reread Year One quite a few times as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I could go back. I still have a lot of those old comics. I've got like my Wolverine comics from like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I, I have them at my mom's house, but I don't know. I feel like those things are better left in the past. When I I l- allow me to remember them fondly. Well, what did we? What was the one of our first episodes? We Crimson. We read Crimson, yeah. remember? Which is kind of an example of like somebody that was like, yo, this is a hidden gem. And then we were reading it and we were like, uh, Yeah, I think your your memory of this is different than you know? Yeah. Rose colored glasses. So what what is what is your favorite sort of uh, old school book? Ooh. Mine's easy because Yo, Batman Year One is eighty seven. Whoa. Fucking didn't know that. Sick. So that's probably the oldest comic that I reread pretty regularly because it's fucking great. It's so good. Uh, sorry, go. What was the question again? Hit me your, again. Your favorite uh, old comic? Mm. What do you mean? Like define that? You mean like my favorite comic that is actually an old comic, or like the longest running? Like no, no, old, old like uh, dated or aged. Mm. Tank Girl probably. Tank Girl comes up a lot, but Tank Girl is like eighties. Yeah. Okay. I don't really read anything before that. I don't know. 
I think there's like a cutoff for me. Where well, I no, but I mean, Extinction Agenda is 90s. So I just mean like kind of in that same vein, what, was, what, what, what would be something you would point to to be like, yeah, I like that. I think Wolverine was good, man. I don't know. I honestly, I haven't reread it recently, but like, you know, Wolverine went to Japan. He did all kinds of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. He was like a gangster or something for a little while. He led a very interesting life. And all of and it was the comic that I probably even more than X Men read most regularly throughout my childhood. Like really? I, by like month to month, yeah. yeah. I was never a superhero guys. We've we've had this debate like a hundred yeah. times. But it's it's good. I, I don't know, man. It's good. I and this kind of thing is like opening my eyes to more and more stuff. I what I'm really interested in doing now, after mm-hmm. reading Pluto, or I mean I haven't finished it. I'm gonna finish it, but delve um, into manga a bit. Yeah, but like old manga. Hmm. Cause like when I think of most of my favorite series that are based on a manga or head a manga, they're like mid nineties. Right. So when I think about like, say like Pat Labor right. or like Macross or something like that, like pretty that much shit, anything you can think of that Robotech, you like that was Japanese like 80s, was yeah. probably a manga, but also like would have been coming out probably eighties, nineties. Right. So like there's probably a ton of shit I don't know about that I would love from those same so, you know, why not? Yep. It's kind of a bummer that I'm thinking about this now when I'm not in the manga museum in Kyoto. But uh, well, I think we have to get to a point where we we recommend more more comics because I feel like yeah. our recommendations are always movies or whatever. Music, My, music constantly. Yeah, of course, music. But I think that that suits because we need something to play us out. Yeah. We also need like a spreadsheet because I'm getting to the point where sometimes when I'm like, oh, yo, have I recommended like Desolation Jones before? I think I probably have. Okay. Well, we can build that pretty easily. Yeah. But uh, what is your recommendation for the week? Do you know? No. Uh, I want it to be a comic. This is mine. I'm thinking about comics, yeah. And it's not hidden by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just going to force. It's it's almost as if I'm getting paid to say this, but uh, because it's so recent. Fucking Blade Runner 2049. Everyone go see this movie. I will. Stop it. I'm going to see it. If you remotely like... Cut it out. ...the first film or dystopian futures, Neo-Tokyo shit, whatever, this is like the the best that's ever been done. I don't want to overhype it though. So like you, you tell me what you think when you saw it, when you see it, but like... I'll have my review for our next episode. I think it's probably the best I've seen it. Fucking can't wait. Just I can't wait. That's it. I'm so excited. I'm so jacked up. Uh, uh, I still haven't really thought of anything. Also, how do I get the vinyl for it? Yeah, I don't know. Is Mondo must? It's be not Vangelis something. though. What's that? It's not Vangelis, right? It's like somebody else. The soundtrack? Yeah. It's uh, what's his name? Uh, Interstellar. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Interesting. Vangelis still alive? But they couldn't get Vangelis to do a new OG Blade Runner soundtrack? Uh, yeah, they decided to update both the director and the OST, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. It's fine. It's good. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Watch a movie and then we'll talk. It's one of the greatest scores like of all time. I fucking love that record. I play it constantly. Uh, great record to work to. Or to sit in the rain looking at the window at a city too i feel like now is a good time to say that throughout this whole episode i was also slightly high on on wheat <laughs> chocolate so <laughs> behaving at all strangely if you noticed in my voice yeah uh, a slight glazing sorry guys uh 
I don't know, man. I'm trying to. Think I recommend like a, do, recommend those as well. I'm trying to think of a <laughs> of a, a dope comic that I want to recommend that most people haven't read. Ooh, it's tough though because I feel like most people that would be listening have read probably most popular comics. Saga is not a hidden gem. No, I I think you already recommended uh, what's it called? Desolation Jones. No, no, the one with the gods. Oh, Wicked and the Divine. Yeah. The Wicked and the Divine. Yeah, that's a sick comic. I think it's already been a recommendation. I've recommended it. And I'm pretty sure I've recommended Desolation Jones, but if I haven't... Deadly Class. you're listening, Deadly Class has definitely been recommended. Basically, anything image-related, I think, has been recommended. We did an episode about Nowhere Men. Ooh, fuck. Nowhere Men is so good. Never to be finished. Never to be finished. Uh, Yeah, whatever. I'll fucking... uh, Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to recommend... Mm-hmm. We're waiting with bated breath. You're going to edit out all this dead space. No, my breath is bated. Mm. I came... I'm going to be honest with you guys. I came completely unprepared to recommend something today. That's why I'm having so much trouble this week. One Koji was like, oh, yeah, like, what's your recommendation? I was just like, there's a moment of panic when I realized I didn't have anything in the hopper. Fuck. I got it. What is it? Fuli Kuli. What is it? Manga. Is it like a drink? No. It's uh, FLCL. Yeah. It's like, a, it was it was an anime as well. Okay. Like a six episode anime that I believe they're making a sequel to. Even explaining it, I feel like it's been recommended. But if it has, too bad, because I'm recommending it again. It's like a really weird comic about a kid who is basically going through puberty. Mm-hmm. But puberty is... Expl- basically, robots start coming out of his head and fighting. This sounds absurd, and it is, but yeah. when you read it, you're like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. Uh, and then they get, like, the his family gets, like, a maid who has a guitar that she starts, like, a chainsaw and, like, fights these robots. What? But the whole thing is, like, a metaphor for going through puberty. This whole thing just sounds crazy. It is very crazy. It's very crazy, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. You, it's you, an example of combining these two things. Like we're talking about how crazy manga can be, mm-hmm. like how it beautifully drawn and all of these things. It's very interesting. You heard it here first. Yeah. And it's got like, it, it has all of the characters that fit the typical, you know, like his dad's kind of a bit of a perv. He's kind of creepy. You know, he's got, there's like the love interest, like his brother's playing professional baseball in the States mm-hmm. and his like brother's girlfriend kind of, hitting on this kid, the main character a little bit. And then anyway, like many things in comics and anime from Japan, it's like, there's a lot of tension. It deals a lot with just sexual tension and those kinds of things. But it's, uh, also robots fighting with electric. Yeah. They look like they've got, they look like they've got like TVs for heads kind of, or like, uh, like those IMAX from the nineties, the color, the color, colorful ones. Like that character in saga. Basically, Saga, the characters in Saga, yeah, like yeah. the royalty, they yeah. look like they borrowed heavily from FLCL. That'll be my recommendation for this week. Right. Check it out. The music will be a song from the Blade Runner score 2049, I've decided. Cool. So that's it. Um, Next week we're doing Bungo Stray Dogs and Berserk 2017. Yeah. And for real this time. Maybe I'll be even higher. I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to finish the pot. 
if that's the case. We'll see. We'll see what time of day it is. All right, guys. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you.